Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. My name is Grogu now. No, no, you are not Grogu. I'm Grogu. George uh, I went to the Jedi Academy. And uh, I trained under Mass uh, Mass Windy, I think is his name. Yeah, that's accurate. Kid Fisto. Yeah, that's right, Kid Kid Fisto. Um, hi, how are you doing? It's December. Yeah, fine. Yeah, technically, yes, it is December first the time of this recording? Yeah. I'm finally off even work. I've been at work pretty up. much like all the time I've been awake for the past few days, so I have not really yeah. played much of anything. And you got mad at me, and then it turns out you forgot <laughs> Thanksgiving was last week, <laughs> and so I had no actual was... opportunity to. I've been like working so many overtime hours and had so much stuff going on with work from that like home. last. You can do it yeah, from yeah, home. but like Freak. last week was the first week where I just had like normal hours and like family didn't call for Thanksgiving or anything like that, so I kind of forgot what even happened. Well, great. Anyway, what you got in news, Larry? We need to talk about Nintendo again. Oh no. Nintendo's back in the news. Surely it must be because they did something good, right? Right? Uh, Please? Sure, well, okay, actually, I don't really know what this is about. Is this about the Yuri Geller thing? No. Uh, uh, this is... No, although, like, yeah, it's a... That is, I guess, a positive thing. That's more... Gary Geller did something good, not Nintendo did something good. Kind of, except um, I think you're... So, okay... For background, Yuri Geller has been mm -hmm. mad at Nintendo and kind of sued them. I don't know if he actually officially sued them or like threatened to sue them or what over Kadabra because in Japanese it's like Uragerer or something like obviously meant to sound like his name and like his whole thing yeah. was bending spoons. And he like Yuri Geller is a famous hack fraud and he's been debunked a whole bunch of times. Nobody should listen yeah. to anything he says. But uh, now recently he's been like, yeah, you know, actually I was wrong about all this. You can go ahead and use Kadabra on Pokemon cards. Except at the same time, I kind of feel like Yuri Geller should just continue like trying to sue Nintendo. Because Nintendo sues everybody else over everything, so why not? Well, then you'll be not surprised to find that the story that I have pulled up that I wanted to talk about is Nintendo suing somebody. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, look... Piracy is a serious, worsening international problem, according to this lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo is uh, suing someone named Lee Hwang Min, who uh, was selling a RCM loader that jailbreaks the Nintendo Switch, which would then allow you to play pirated software on it. Okay. Uh, and so this has yet again brought up the, uh, you know, the whole 
business surrounding Nintendo and piracy and their response to piracy and how maybe that response is not actually very good and how maybe Nintendo is making their own problem with piracy by doing stuff like this. What uh, if, I, I think in up. this case... I have a great idea. Uh-huh. I yep. think I can solve all of Nintendo's problems. Okay. What if they had a digital storefront? Like, you could call it an mm. iStore... Or internet store, uh, you know, something like that, where you could buy their older games and play them, and you you would give them money for the old games that you could then play. Okay. All right, I like it so far. What if instead, though, it's not an iStore? We call it like an e-shop, like an entertainment shop. <laughs> That'll never work. What? You're fired. <laughs> So Maybe should have brought this up. Shouldn't know you'd come <laughs> up with some dumbass idea like what? No. Well, when I talked to Reggie Philsmay about it, he seemed pretty. He's fired. In the idea. Reggie's like not I here am. anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to right. work at GameStop now. <laughs> except I'm just going to be behind the counter because they won't let me have a real job. Eventually, you're going to both get kicked back to Pizza Hut. I'm okay with that. I hate that that joke really like. That works because I worked at a Pizza Hut oh. <laughs> like ten years ago. Um, sure, wipe down the sneeze guards at the buffet. Well, I did deliveries, so I didn't have to. Not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Has no, anybody ever Hut. been tricked by DiGiorno? Like, would anybody actually like get a big old bite of DiGiorno and be like, "Oh, this must have been delivered." I don't know, but also I really want to meet anyone who is trying to trick people with DiGiorno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking lunatic is buying DiGiorno pizza going? Like, I'm going to get my friends real good with this. I mean, that's that's the commercial, right? Is that yeah. you have people over for a party and they're like, oh, well, I'll get some pizza. Oh, I just have DiGiorno in the freezer. Here we go. I think most of them are just like, well, I made this pizza in the oven and I had my friends over now. My friends are like, oh, this is real good. Where did you get it? Oh, right. Yeah, I guess so. They're like, ah, it's not delivery. I'll just this frozen pizza tell. I pulled out of my fridge. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, I guess that's the point to make with Nintendo, right? Is that they could have an infrastructure a lot like what Microsoft or Sony has where they end up building a more robust back catalog of their games digitally, and then they can continue to make money on those IPs and provide people what they want, which is well, a accessible way to play those games. Sony used to have, we'll say that. Sure. Now, not so much. I still invoke them because they are still doing it better than Nintendo is doing it. Sure. Which says a lot about both Sony and Nintendo in that case. Uh, uh-huh. Like Microsoft, they're really doing it the best where, you know, you can get a very impressive back catalog of their games on their service. And they've been really good about building backwards compatibility. So with, you know, the Series X, you can sit down, pop just about anything inside of that thing and it will play it. Yeah, it's uh, it's not everything, obviously, especially original Xbox sure. games. There's It's a fairly small selection, but still, like, you can play Breakdown on an Xbox Series X and... Complete Blinks the time cap. Uh, can you? I don't know if Blinks actually works. Oh, if it doesn't, then I take back every positive thing I said about them. Uh, it, it might, but I don't know mm. if Blinks is. Um, well, but point Crimson being still works. that Microsoft has made more of an effort. Yeah. Sony has made more of an effort. Nintendo 
a company that has been in this since the 80s is still running their business like a company in the 80s. They are well, still refusing to get an infrastructure like that in place. Well, the, the weird thing is, though, like, they used to have it, and then they yeah. got rid of it. <laughs> then they got rid of it. Uh, like, even right now, if they tried doing something like that, if, if they, for example, with the Mario All-Stars collection, they put uh, Mario 64 up on the eShop later on, just had that be a digital title that you can buy a la carte. Uh-huh. I probably would not want to do that because I have no reason to trust that anything I purchase on the current eShop is going to then migrate over to whatever their next console is going to be. Yeah, yeah, I guess like so. The trust is just not there. And, you know, you'll see some Nintendo fans who are, of course, white-knighting them over this, as as they tend to do over anything that Nintendo absolutely gets wrong. Uh they're shocked that anyone could possibly get the redistribution of old video games right. Um, because Nintendo can't do it, so I guess nobody can. Yeah. I, uh, um... But yeah, they'll, I... they'll invoke that like NES and SNES collection on the Switch, which <sighs> I think even then is more of an argument against Nintendo because they clearly yeah. do not give a shit about those things. Yeah, also... Yeah, like paying a yearly fee or... Monthly? Can you even buy it monthly? I don't know. I I think they do it in like you could do like three month increments or something like that. I want to say. Okay. Well, uh, paying a fee for an like access to this library of games is not really what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me buy Balloon Fight. Oh yeah. Let me buy Urban Champion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Like on on some level that's kind of similar to Game Pass, but uh, with Game Pass you're getting new things, not games yeah. from thirty years ago or more yeah. sometimes. And we talked about it before that like really the effort that Nintendo needs to expend on this is not that great. We're talking about old ROMs that they could throw up, just package oh, yeah. it with an emulator. And they clearly they have a department that works on emulators. Since mm-hmm. that's how Mario 3D All Stars exists, because <laughs> all those are emulated. It's not like they don't have the, you know, the technology there to do something like this. It's not that difficult we for a it. company to do it. Yeah. We have the technology. Again, you got a bunch of random nerds who in their spare time are doing things like making 60 frames a second PC conversions of Mario 64. Like <laughs> Nintendo could absolutely just let you buy Mario World. So that brings me. They could to let my... you pay ninety nine cents for a balloon fight. They could, they could, they could fucking do it. This brings me to something that I was going to bring up. That mm-hmm. I'm surprised you did not bring up in the past, but there's been an update with it. Oh, Have no. you looked at the stuff of emulation on the Xbox? Like emulating specifically on Xbox hardware, or emulating yes. the Xbox hardware? No, on Xbox hardware. I did see something recently about people having already found ways to emulate stuff on the Series S. Correct. It works on X too. But okay. Basically, so it's just developer mode, right? Yep. Yeah, you just like pay twenty dollars to enable developer mode on an Xbox, and then you can install RetroArch on it. Um, and as a result of that, like it even has Dolphin, and there are now preview builds for PCSX two cores for RetroArch. Uh, and so you can run PS2 games on an Xbox Series S or X. 
and it runs surprisingly well, uh, mm. way better than you would think. Uh, so same, now same I'm GameCube. now I'm in the camp of maybe I buy a Series S. So <laughs> just actually, use it as an emulation box. That's actually kind of the weird thing is um, apparently because of the way the emulators work and the Series X wouldn't have a huge advantage over the Series S. Yeah. But uh, the video I saw from it's the guy with the really weird voice who like he poses in front of his titty picture at the end of the videos. What that guy? I don't know. I have no um, idea what you're talking about. I, but you, I like whoever you sent this me, is. You sent me one of his videos once. It's uh, uh Modern Vintage Gamer? Yes, I think that's it. Okay. Like at the end he it's all it's always like him at a desk looking at a camera and there's yeah. a picture of a lady on the wall that looks kinda like Witchblade or something. I don't know. I I just Okay. That's yeah, okay. That sounds like modern vintage gamer. Anyway. Sitting at a desk specifically. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. Um, yeah. But yeah, because of that, um, I guess the X wouldn't necessarily have a huge advantage. But it showed running like Maximo on PS2 like pretty smoothly. Uh, God of War mm. uh, apparently, you know, God Hand runs really well on it. The, all right, that's all I need. the ma- The main issue at the moment is um, apparently it can't load ISOs over two gigabytes, which is like a weird restriction. Mm. I'm sure they'll find some way around. Again, it is like. In a very early build at the moment But it's yeah. still progressing way faster Than it probably should Given the weird state of the whole thing But it's that, really cool I mean That does have me thinking like maybe I do buy a Series S Like not right now obviously I don't want to spend 300 bucks on an emulation box Yeah But like when that inevitably goes down in price I mean I would think Just get an X really yeah, uh, I mean, so for the like the more storage space, if nothing else, I have also been considering that because I so I still have my Xbox 360. It runs totally fine. I can play games on that. So there's really no like need for me to do that. But I recently moved all my 360 games into the other room because I need more shelf space for all these PS4 and PS5 games that I'm I'm loading up on. I started thinking about like because I saw that video as well. And thought, you know, if I bought a Series S, then I could also just play all these, like, Xbox 360 games, and I could get rid of this Xbox 360, so it's not like I'm really taking up extra space with this thing. You might not be able to play all your 360 games. Hmm. Because it's not everything. I did just buy Sonic Unleashed, and it would be really bad if I could not play that on the Series S. <laughs> I think Sonic Unleashed does work <laughs> on, actually. I know Generations does. Um, Good, I'm perfect. i sure beyond then... that. That's all I really care about. I, don't, I mean, the only ones I'd really be... I'd, it's not like I have a very bizarre collection of 360 games. Most of them are like the very popular titles that I would assume have to run on that thing outside of like, I don't know, Sneak King. <laughs> I don't know if Sneak King works or not either. That probably doesn't because mm. that was that weird disc that like yeah. worked on both the Xbox and the 360. Yeah, I would be curious to see what do you have a copy of sneaking yes somewhere you might need to do some research for us after this podcast well, well, there's just a list you can't throw that in your series that ads. shows you like um oh they changed mm. it I, w- I was looking up the backwards compatibility list now there's like an exclusion list which is ah. interesting oh there okay well here it still, is like i, I, I um, the backwards compatible 
library for 360. Uh, like I, I was thinking about the, the series as for those two reasons of like, okay, well, I could emulate a bunch of stuff on it and then also like still play my 360 games. And then, yeah, I started thinking about like, well, you know, I, I imagine they'll phase out the Series S eventually. It might not be a situation where they even necessarily discount the Series S so much as they just phase it out over time. Mm -hmm. um, but the Series X, like, there's still probably going to be, like, exclusive titles for that thing that I want to play. So, like, down the line, I could absolutely see myself when that console is a bit more affordable and the library is built up more, like, buying in on that thing. So, Yeah. Uh, considering I, it i'm thinking about it more than i was i can tell you sonic unleashed is playable on the current xbox consoles all right well then i need to get together 500 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i finally did it yep so push me over the edge is the promise of playing that game 60 frames a second i mean also you can just you can buy sonic the fighters for 4.99 could do that because my Sonic Gems collection disc is like scratched up and will not play things correctly. Uh huh. Specifically, it's Sonic CD. I'll get to the very end of that game and I'll beat the final boss, and the game will crash, like it'll freeze. Oddly, it looks like Sonic 06 is not compatible. What? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm keeping the 360. <laughs> Sonic Adventure. I 1 still and 2 have. Are, though. I still have committed to myself to get all the achievements in Sonic 2006, and I have at several points over the last year, with nothing better to do, sat down and thought, you know what, maybe I need to get back on that, and then I always find something better to do with my time. But one day, one day I'm going to do it. Anyway, we need to move on to the last bit of news that I got. Okay, news. Uh... I don't know whether this is better or worse than Nintendo, the Nintendo story, but uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia is going to try to buy SNK. Right. I forgot about this. Because, <laughs> you know, murdering a journalist wasn't enough. Now he has to also murder this video game company that I like. Mm. Uh, holding WWE events wasn't enough, it turns out, either. Yeah, time to chop Terry Bogard up with a chainsaw. Uh-huh. Uh... Anyway, it's not like anyway. SMK there's not much to. Anything. No, no, it's not. They put up that Samurai Showdown thing and uh, what Windjammers two, KOF fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Well, still, be that as it may, I don't mind SNK getting bought up necessarily. It's specifically the Prince of Saudi Arabia who is a dirtbag buying it up. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, uh, but also I don't know. There's much to say about that story other than like very rich prince of Saudi Arabia who's done very bad things is trying to buy up a video game company that George and Larry like. Well, yeah. Uh, are you going to mention anything about the Silent Hill rumor? Silent Hill rumor. Uh, apparently, Silent Hills is coming back. What? No doubt without uh, Kojima's involvement If this actually is true Though I also kind of highly doubt it, it It's funny because this was um, A quote leak And the whole thing is that this leaker Is credible because he previously Leaked Rod uh, God of War Ragnarok Even though mm. uh, that That's a thing you could just assume Was yeah. going to happen Yeah, yeah. I mean, like It's a sequel to a even game Even down to the name 
Yeah, yes. Ragnarok is a thing that happened at the end of the first God of War. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not exactly a a real shot in the dark here. But sure. That that's kind of the main issue is like if Silent Hills is coming back and they actually call it Silent Hills, which I don't think they will. I think it'll probably just be Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do a full reboot probably. Maybe even a remake of the first one. Who knows? Um But obviously Kojima's not gonna be involved because he's not going back to Konami. Sure. So who cares? Yeah, it like would it even be the same game at that point? No. Or would it just be Konami trying to like ride on the notoriety they got from the name Silent Hills specifically? Probably. Uh, you know, maybe they'll do it like a first person thing. So they kind of like keep enough of that like recognizable aspect of it to like sucker people in. But yeah, it wouldn't be by the same people. It wouldn't be the same like plan that they had for that game originally no because i doubt they had basically any part of that game done except for what was in pt they're not going to bring back kojima like you said they're not going to bring back del toro and they're not going to bring back norman Reedus because i imagine that their loyalty is going to be with kojima yeah Uh, i'm sure they both feel that they got really dicked over by konami too they did Um, yeah but like at the same time, I feel like this is a thing that people have like speculated happening or have like it's been a rumor that it's going to happen for yeah. years now. So I even though this guy predicted uh, against all odds that there would be another God of War game. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he knew look it would be cock-eyed. called Ragnarok. Oh, well, regular Nostradamus, this guy. Uh-huh. Let me let me take a look at the Konami code. Yeah, because it's like the Bible code. It's all in the numbers. Talking about Da Vinci code? Sure, that too. You know, whatever code. All right. Code masters. Yeah, sure. Dirt 5 yeah. available now. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it's a thing that Konami will do. Is it likely or is it more likely that Konami just continues to not make video games? Maybe it's Silent Hills, but it's a pachinko machine. Yeah. Could be. Seems as likely as anything (laughs) else. Might be the case. Sure. Maybe they just repackage PT specifically as a pachinko game. They just take all those assets and do something with that. (sighs) God, fucking Konami. Well, now it's going to happen. Now that you said it, you put the PT (laughs) curse on it, the pachinko curse. Want me to let you in on something? What? I was the one that predicted God of War Ragnarok. (gasps) It was me the whole time. PT actually stood for a pachinko teaser. <laughs> that was the secret. Hey, would you look at that? It's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Larry, I need your help doing some science. Science! So I've been buying, like, a lot of movies during Black Friday. Like, probably more in one single sitting than I've ever done in the past. Uh, there's just been like a lot of really good deals on like ultra 4k blu-rays out that's right um and so i've been getting like a lot of gangster movies i got casino you gifted me graciously the godfather trilogy uh which now sits next to goodfellas on my shelf Uh, i have a bunch of yakuza movies i would lump those in as like a general kind of gangster you know genre um and so i started thinking about like what's the genres that i have the most of and it would be gangster movies uh, samurai movies and then spy movies thanks entirely to that complete collection of james bond blu-rays mm. 
Remember the Bontacular Jamesathon? That was a great two-episode podcast. Yes, it was. People should go back and listen to it. Uh, we should do something like that again, but with like Fast and the Furious or something like that. It's about uh, Mission Impossible would be a good one. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, this got me thinking. Like, you know, all the gangster movies I have are pretty good. All of the samurai movies I have are pretty good. There's, there's rarely a stinker in there. But with James Bond, I started uh-huh. thinking about like, how, what is the ratio of good to bad there? Specifically, what are the James Bonds I like versus the James Bonds I don't like? Do I actually like James Bond? And so I developed a system, and we're going to, I have not done any of this. I've not tried to come to the conclusion myself. Uh, I need your help with it to em- employ my scientific method, and today we're going to get to the bottom of whether or not George likes James Bond. So okay. this is the way it's going to work. Should I predict I the way this is going to go? No, I, I I think that we just want to let this play out naturally. All right. We don't want to make any we don't want to make any predictions about the scientific process. We just want to let the process run its course. Well, the thing is, though, as part of a scientific process, you have to have a hypothesis. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, my hypothesis is going to be that I like James Bond. Okay, my hypothesis is that you like the concept of James Bond, but not actually many of the movies. Hmm. All right, we got diverging hypotheses here. That's basically how I I feel. I think the movie doctors need to put on their lab coat and get to work. What I need you to do is pull open a list of all the James Bond movies, except for Never Say Never Again. Right. And the uh, like, Woody Allen Casino Royale. Those don't count. We're we're talking about specifically the uh, the Cubby Broccoli uh, MGM James Bond movies. Right. Uh, later Sony, um, the main series. Only the stuff that's been released. Only the stuff I've seen. Only the stuff that's in like that I have on my shelf. So that would be everything from Doctor No through Spectre. Okay. Uh, and we're going to go through them, and you're going to. You're going to say the name, go in order, and then I will tell you whether or not I like it or I don't like it. And then what you'll need to do is start checking it off on a list of like tally one for like, tally one for dislike. And then we're going to count them up at the end and find out where I fall on this. Okay, I've got paper. Uh... Okay. I should have maybe told you about this before we did the podcast. It would have gone a lot smoother. Well, it's not that... Not that hard to do. You know, pull out this receipt from Burger King and a pen and make two columns. <laughs> well, luckily, I always keep a tablet here so I can write down edit times for whenever you do something very stupid that I have to cut out. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh, all I right. Have, I have a list also. Okay. I won't talk about these movies for a very long time. I'll just, you know, I'll give a brief thought on it, one sentence review, and whether or not I like it. Okay. Uh, you you know what the first two movies are at least I'm sure. Refresh my memory. Nineteen sixty two, Doctor No, starring Sean Connery. Okay. Uh, so it's the first one in the series. It has its flaws. Uh, I really like the bits where James Bond is doing detective work. Overall, I enjoy Doctor No. Okay, you're gonna end up liking James Bond. It's my new <laughs> hypothesis. Oh, no. If you're putting Doctor No in the like category, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's my favorite, 
but I do enjoy it. It's it's not something that I would turn off if I found if I walked into the room and for some reason Doctor No was playing, like a ghost put it on. I probably wouldn't shut it off. Well, it's something I put on myself and ended up turning off. So, mm. okay, second from Russia with love, nineteen sixty-three. Best in the series. Yeah, I yeah. should have just went ahead and marked down like on that one. Yeah, it's uh, a 19, big old yes. 1964, Goldfinger. Uh, it set the formula for James Bond, for better or worse. Uh, it's definitely one of the stronger movies. That is a yes. It's got an odd job in it. It does. So that's worth a like, I guess. James Bond rapes a woman, though. Uh, so. Well, that happens in most of them. That's a really good point. 1965. I suppose, I suppose it's okay. <laughs> 1965, Thunderball. There is some really hilarious bits of Thunderball with the editing, uh, and also the whole opening sequence is maybe one of the all-time greats, but it is very boring and very long, so I would say no. Dislike. Yeah, generally I do not like that movie. Okay, 1967, You Only Live Twice. Uh... The most racist James Bond movie, maybe. (laughs) No, I don't like it. Okay. 1969, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, with George Lazenby. Felt. I think it's very tightly paced. I really enjoy the story. I think the plot, like the villain's plot, is a little bit goofy, uh, but also you got that good drive-by sequence at the end of it. I, I like it. I like when James Bond looks at the camera and says this never would have happened to the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery's back. 1971, Mm. Diamonds Are Forever. Probably the most homophobic James Bond. I don't (laughs) like it. This is the one where he puts the gun in the lady's pants and goes, "Mm, bitch. (laughs) That's true. Uh, but also then you got like some real hardcore gay panic and transphobia in it too. So right, like, also like it, it is otherwise like I do not think it is a good movie besides the fact that there is some like problematic stuff in it. That's also the one that doesn't start with him like uh, faking his own funeral or something. Yeah, one of them. Sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, no, it's I think it's the one where he goes to the beach and he pulls that woman's bra off and then strangles her with it. And he finds Blofeld, and Blofeld is like pouring hot mud all over his face. Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. They're making like Blofeld doppelgangers. There there are a lot of things that if you just told me this happened in that movie, I would say, yeah, that sounds great. But then like actually sitting down and watching it, it's pretty miserable. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now we're into the Dark Ages with Roger Mm. Moore's movies, uh, starting with 1973's Live and Let Die. You know, I need to issue a correction when I said that you only live twice as the most racist James Bond. Uh-huh. I don't like live and let die. This is like, things are current. Like, do you want to know the, uh, do you want to know the nope. results? Okay. We're going to wait until Not the end. Cause so. if I know the results now, it might influence me. Oh, I might yeah. then try to go for a certain outcome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1974, the man with the golden gun. Look, it's got Christopher Lee in it. Yeah. Scaramanga. And then also they, yeah. And then, you know, of course, they also, they put that dude in the briefcase at the end of the movie and just tied to the back of the boat <laughs> and he's kicking and screaming in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
still one of the greatest moments in all of James Bond. Uh, Scaramanga's got a chest. flying car. Yeah. Uh, he's got three nipples. His gun looks dumb as hell, but it's also really cool at the same... He has to fuck before he kills somebody. Sure. He's got to purge all the horniness from his body so he can take that shot, so there's nothing getting in the way. Mm. I like it. This is like... <laughs> this is the one Roger Moore Bond movie that I actually feel pretty positively about. Okay. Coming up next, 1977... Wow, pretty big gap here. Uh, 1977, The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, I consistently forget what happens in this movie, so I don't... Blood like trickles down. They call up a man sure. in Moscow. He 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 answers the phone. He says, "What a sub." Okay, see ya. It's the <laughs> whole bit that Alan Partridge did <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> I'm glad that he remembers the movie because I don't, and I never do. I struggle consistently to remember what happens in the spy who loves me. I don't like it. I think it's one of the most boring chance bonds. It, yeah, it has that opening with the skiing where he does the backflip. Yeah. Not sure why, but he's not Which showing even off. in the. In the Bondtacular podcast, I was even confused about what James Bond movie that happened in. Yeah. I mean, it's so. disconnected from the rest of it anyway. It really, yeah. Like, generally, most of the openings are, but that one especially. Yeah. Uh, I get it flipped, I, I think, with the other one where they, they throw Blofeld down the, like, uh, chimney chute. Uh, like the uh, the smokestack. Yes, that's, uh, uh, oh, God. It's the one, like, a couple after this one. Yeah. I don't even remember what it's called. See, it's all a mess. Yeah, so They're all pretty bad. So this is a dislike? Yeah. This is a dislike, yeah. All right. 1979 Moonraker. Because mm. Star Wars had just come out the year before. So, or two years before. Wait, real, real quick, though. There's The Spy Who Loves Me, there's Octopussy, there's A View to a Kill, there's Moonraker. What is the one from Roger Moore that I'm missing? Uh, for your eyes only. That's what is okay. Yes. I could not for the life of me remember the name of that. Off that's the top up my next. Head. Uh, Don't skip ahead. Moonraker seventy nine. <sighs> Moonraker. Hmm. I think Moonraker is not very good. It's also like Got so. Jaws. It's another one of the of the yeah. It's another one of the Roger Moore movies where there's like bits that are kind of funny, like the bird that does the double take. Uh, but then overall, it actually is kind of dull. Like I think Moonraker's greatest fault is not necessarily not necessarily how ridiculous it is to put James Bond in space because that is a completely wacky concept. It's that they don't lean into it hard enough, and so a lot of the movie just kind of meanders around and is very dull. Yeah, the concept wouldn't really reach its potential until Leprechaun in space. Yes, I thought you were going to say uh, Austin Powers, but no, Leprechaun <laughs> in space I think is is pretty much like. A, Look, if you're only going to watch one movie set in space. Well, Leprechaun in Space came out before Austin Powers, right? Who could say? I'm pretty sure it did. Okay, Moonraker no is a dislike. Moonraker is a dislike. All right, 1981, For Your Eyes Only. Well, considering I couldn't even remember the name of it, I'm going to say <laughs> that's a no. Okay. 1983, Octo P Word. <laughs> I Cannot don't like it. Octopussy. <laughs> Can't say it. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> um, 
the ending of this with like James Bond's a clown and it's like it's denigrating the legacy of James Bond. Put this one on the no list. Get this shit out of here. Okay. It sucks. Octopussy Nin- sucks. Nineteen eighty five, a view to a kill. This is so I, I weirdly I weirdly like this one because it's just so dripping in like the eighties. Uh, Christopher Walken Grace plays Jones a really there. great. Yeah, Grace Jones is there. Uh, Christopher Walken and Roger Moore are like in a competition to see who could chew the scenery the most. I like it. Also, to anybody like listening I... who has not seen it, just go look on YouTube. Uh, Zoran's computer for a really yeah. good edit of that scene. I like that Christopher Walken's uh, Max Zorn was it Max Zorn? Was his first name actually Max in that? Yeah, I think, I think it might so. have been because he played Max Shrek yeah. in Batman Returns, who is basically the same character. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so this anyway, is a like. Yes. That's a like. Also, and I will save you. Uh, go ahead. Well, we're going to move through these next six <laughs> very quickly because I know what they are off the top of my head. Uh-huh. The two Dalton movies and Goldeneye are all definite guesses for me. Absolutely. Uh, I view them as a trilogy. Dalton really should have starred in Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, and then the other three Brosnan movies are hard nose for me. <laughs> they are all very bad. All right. Okay. Casino Royale from 2006. Great, great yeah. movie. Yep. It's one of the best. Put like on that one. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in it, and he scratches James Bond's testicles. So <laughs> that's right. Very forcefully. Very good. Uh, yeah. 2008, Quantum of Solace. Well, look, I mean, Daniel Craig's nutsack is probably like a catcher's mitt, so you need to be very forceful with it, or he's not going to feel anything at all. Yeah, it looks like his forehead. <laughs> gross. Quantum <laughs> of Solace. <laughs> yeah, that's too gross. Quantum of Solace, 2008 uh, I like Quantum of Solace I think that people are way too hard on this movie Me too Yeah uh, 2012, Skyfall it's Great It's an excellent James Bond movie uh, I, I think that maybe it is trying A bit too hard to emulate the Dark Knight In some places, but I overall Had a really good time with it Weird, okay <laughs> Sure Weird thing to say about it, I think, but all right. Well, whatever. That's just because you have like a hardcore Dark Knight brain. It's. I think it's more that like the villain. The villain almost seems to understand he's in a movie, which is how he manages to get any of his plot to work whatsoever. Yeah, is the comparison the, the that I'm trying to Jokester like pull out part of his face? No. God, I wish he did. That would have been dope. Yeah. Just seeing that face, but also like melt on one side would have been, uh-huh. ugh, yeah. All right. Anyway, and I think there's just one more left, tw- right? 2015 Spectre. Uh, I think it's well dark, well documented that I do not like Spectre, so yeah. it's a no. And that also, right. I think, you're too hard on it. Well, I think I'm not nearly hard enough. Okay. Here are the results. All right. You liked 12 James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. You disliked 11. So you just barely like James Bond. I just sort of enjoy James Bond a little bit. Just squeaked it out. Yeah, James Bond is kind of just okay. 
Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how No Time to Die, like, how that turns out. It might even it up. Yeah, it, it, it could drastically, almost imperceptibly, shift the balance of whether or not I like James Bond. Very possible. You want to know what the bad part is, though, actually? Like, the but, more I think about it, the more I think Quantum... Well, no, it's more that I think Quantum's maybe a maybe from me. Like, it depends on the day kind of thing. Because, like, you need to watch it after a casino. If you don't yeah. watch it after a casino, it's not good. But if you watch it after a casino, it's very good. Oh, yeah. It's and basically if, an, like an extended epilogue for Casino Royale. Yeah. And I can't go back and change these numbers. They're set in stone. I'm not going to do that. But if I had answered different, differently and I had forced that into a maybe category, then my perception of James Bond would be, I don't know whether I like James Bond still. Because mm. it would have made those numbers even. It would have depended on the day, in my opinion, the Casino Royale upon waking up, whether or not I would like, or not a Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, uh, whether or not I would like James Bond. I mean, I also feel like you are maybe fudging things a bit more towards the like uh, side on some of those. Uh, it's about whether or not I enjoy them. It's not about whether or not they are good movies if oh. I sat down and looked at them more objectively. Because if that, if that were the case, then I think James Bond overall is very bad. Oh, I know. I'm I'm yeah. still saying there were ones where you're like, hey, you know, it, it's got this stuff in it. So sure. yeah, that's eh, like. Uh, I watched another movie over the weekend, though. Um, a cinematic classic, uh, a masterpiece from one of probably the all-time great visionary directors. Uh, you know, last week we talked about The Godfather, and so this week I think that we should talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie starring Jim Carrey, and. Um, uh, whoever that creep is from Parks and Recreation Ben Schwartz You're ben not Schwartz. even going to let me talk about the new game I played this week Well, I thought we'd talk about games after we talk about the movie Considering, no. you know, it's a segue from James Bond over into movie yeah, time Look, I played Hyrule yeah. Warriors, Age of Calamity We both made bad decisions it's, over the weekend, apparently It's it's fine, I don't <laughs> we know came to what media to enjoy well, I, All I right, just tell me say, about Hyrule Warriors There's not a whole lot to tell you I guess the main thing is oh. that it follows the tradition of the first Hyrule Warriors In that it has actually maybe a surprising amount of depth to it But also I do not care Because it's just like, great All these characters have unique abilities It has a more reactive combat system in a way Because it's like, uh, if an enemy is charging you You can hold down R and press B or A, I think it is, uh, to make an ice block and then they charge into the ice and they get frozen. And there's all this stuff in it. Uh, I still did not find it fun to play because I don't give a crap about Zelda or any of the stuff and I do not like the look of it. Uh, and so it's like, well, that's kind of just a waste of time and makes it kind of clear that my enjoyment of Musou stuff is mostly related to what properties are involved. Mm. I'm still looking forward to Persona Scramble whenever that comes out someday. Um, yeah, I see. I'm also a bit different like on crap, that, and that I which is nice. Well, that doesn't surprise me as much as it's on a Switch. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm a bit different in that regard, in that I think it actually looks neat, and I enjoy Zelda more than you do. Uh, but also, I imagine that would be a thing where I sit down and played, and like all its like winks and nods to Zelda stuff that I know would not be enough. I skip the cutscenes because I don't care about the story mm. at all. Um, but also I just feel like a lot of the bosses also are real damage sponges And there's basically no impact 
to uh, the hits on them, which is very annoying. I I like when the bosses you can kind of just do a couple of combos on and they're dead. That's how yeah. it usually is in Musou games. But yeah, okay. Yeah. That that's my thoughts on Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. It's fine, I guess. If you're way into Zelda, you might like it. <laughs> I mean, that's about as nice a thing as you can say about a Musou game that you are not too hot on is it's fine, I guess. Well, so the only reason I have it is because Gamefly sent me Call of Duty Cold War for the Xbox Series Mm. X, and it never showed up. And so I reported that, and uh, I guess they were having like availability issues with it or something because eventually, like after a couple days, they just gave up and sent the next thing in IQ, which turned out to be Hyrule Warriors. Hmm. So that's why I had it And now it's going well, back And hopefully I'll get to play the Cold War or well, That the just frees you up in the The numbers mean, Mason I mean, that just means you're freed up For the next little while to play more Star Wars Squadrons That's true, I played a little bit this morning Yeah That's a fun game Yeah, it's alright I like Star Wars Squadrons it's I fine. think it's it's fine for a there's a truck right outside my window. It yeah. is fine for it's very loud for me. Uh it is fine for a game that I spent seventeen dollars on. I think if I paid full yes. price for that thing, I would not be too happy about it. Uh I, I am I'm halfway through the story. Uh the story is kind of a big old fart. Uh it really does not like the plot does not matter. It is just an excuse to have you go to different maps and do some things without having to be like steeped in multiplayer stuff because i think that ea has learned that they better not make a star wars game without a single player campaign Um, uh, feels like that's the only reason that exists in star wars squadrons is they they looked at the numbers of the first battlefront and said no not again uh i mean like i played around it did it also was not that interesting (laughs) No, had a plot fine, that no one so. should reasonably give a crap about. Um, I, I, I mean, again, it, it is fine simply from the perspective of, oh, this is a way to enjoy this game, not in multiplayer, so I can kind of get used to the controls and what different objectives are, and like how to control these different ships, and you know, kind of get a feel for what the difference is between them. Honestly, uh, it's an extended tutorial, and it's very good at at being that. I'm surprised you got it on console. Like the whole thing, I would think as much as you're into VR, especially lately, that you would want it on PC for that. So it the price just got so low on console, and I was really unsure of what to make of the game, so I didn't want to pay any more than I had to for it. But also, like, keep in mind, I I had all those issues with Oddworld New and Tasty, and so I didn't want to pay more for a game I could get cheaper on consoles, find out my graphics card is going bad, and then just be stuck with that game. Oh uh, yeah. And not being able to play it. But I mean, uh, I, I feel like one of the biggest issues I have with the game is so much of the screen is taken up with the cockpit that being able yeah. to look around would be really useful. There is a uh, a free camera. I know, but you have know. to like... Eh, yeah, you lose control over your ship in the process. Right, so. and that game has bizarre controls by default. I don't know why it's that way. But... Yeah, it's a throttle and roll is over on the left stick. and then... Yeah... And also then I, sw- then I switched it over So Throttle and Roll is on the right stick Throttle and Roll, by the way, my favorite U2 album um, <laughs> And then it was like The uh, Like Pitch and Yaw on the left Was not inverted, so I had to go change that Anyway 
It's been all right so far. I've messed around in multiplayer. Uh, I've found that people are very bad at Star Wars Squadrons mm. uh, because I'm doing very well at multiplayer. That should not be the case in pretty much any multiplayer game that I play because I'm not good at video games. Uh, we have a few streams that prove that unequivocally. <laughs> but uh, What about golf games? It's none greater than me. Yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, I've only played two multiplayer matches this morning, actually, right before we started recording. And uh, I was like in the middle of the scoreboards. I've been trying to play the support ship, which mm. is interesting. See, I didn't like the support ship at all. Uh, I don't really either, but it's great because for like most of the first match, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't like launching my uh, resupply thing. I guess you have to hit it twice for some reason. Uh I don't know what that's about Like I would hit left bumper and just weird. go like meh, meh, But hit twice and it shoots out No idea Yeah I Like if you're If a team has like a halfway decent support Then you're going to pretty much dominate There's been very few matches I've had Where anybody has bothered to play support at all Because kind of the sense that I get Is that people do not enjoy playing it Like that ship does not feel that good to me no. Uh, it is very difficult to tell that you're doing well as the support in that game. Well, um, it was also fun though because I would get kills despite not actually shooting at anybody yeah. just because of yeah. those turrets. Um, but once I kind of got used to the speed at which the resupply thing shoots out, uh, I did pretty well because I was able to just like follow people around and shoot the supply, the resupply thing at them, and it sort of like magnetizes to them. Yeah. So I didn't have to just uh, like launch him around and hope somebody flies into it. I've However, mostly been playing as a bomber. Yeah, I've noticed like uh, interceptors like, kill me like instantly. Like I will yeah. have somebody get behind me, and then like one second later, I'm dead. Yeah, I need to actually sit down and play as interceptors some more because uh, I've only done that in the campaign. Seems like um, interceptor combined with the lasers that auto target is maybe the that overpowered seem- thing. Yeah, I need to give that a try because I've been going with uh, the TIE Bomber. I have no idea how to change between Imperial and uh, Alliance in that game because every multiplayer game I've played so far, and I've played quite a few matches, I've always been the Imperials. Never once have I gotten Alliance. I don't know that you can manually switch it, although that is weird because it says um, like your unlocks don't carry over to the other faction, which seems like a weird choice to me. Yes, it does. Um, uh, I wonder if you go into like the ship customization thing in the hangar and then like switch over to the other faction if that's what does it. It might be. Uh, I don't know. But like I've I've had it where on that like opening that you know the way that menu's laid out is at the bottom of the screen you have your different like mode options and then in the background for the rest of the screen is like a picture of your character by their fighter in a hangar. And so yeah. I've had it at times where it's my alliance guy. Uh, but then I'm still getting matched up as Imperials in multiplayer. Um, I have also played uh, the Fleet Battles, which is something that unlocks only when you hit level 5, uh, which is probably a wise decision because you want to at least like have a sense of what the controls are like in that game before you get involved in that shit, because there's a lot more going on in Fleet Battles. How many players are uh, in that mode? It's 5 versus 5 still, but uh, then you have AI on each side as well. Yeah, that's a uh, bummer. And the way that, like, when I realized it was just 5v5, five five, I was yeah. like, this, I don't know about this. It it really needs to, yeah, I, I really wish that they expanded it more than 5 versus 5. They added another mode, because there's only these two modes as well. Uh, uh, but 
The way fleet battles works is that you have a Star Destroyer on one side, and then you have an Alliance Starship on the other side, and the goal is to destroy the enemy flagship. And you can only go and attack the flagship after basically pushing like this... Uh, it's like the line of scrimmage, basically, that it, the line keeps shifting depending on how well the other team is doing. So the first phase is just destroying enemy ships. Whoever destroys more will then push that line over to basically the midpoint in the defending team's defense, which will then be their like support ships. And then when you destroy the two support, support ships, you can push that line back to their flagship. And then you have to destroy that. And the flagship's a lot more difficult. You have to destroy certain like strategic points on the flagship to disable its defenses and then eventually knock it out. And during all that, the enemy team can still push that line back. And if the line's pushed back, you cannot do damage to the flagship anymore. You can't do damage to the support ship if the line is, is forward from that. Um, and so part of my problem is... I cannot figure out where to shoot on the flagship because it's a totally different looking ship and the tutorial only tells you what to blow up on the Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. So every time I get over to the flagship, I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be shooting at and then I'm dead. Just uh, cycle because... through targets maybe? See what That's shows kind up. of what I've done, but then also like that it's a bit of a mess at the same time with the target cycling because it there's so much shit to target in the fleet battles. Yeah. So you have to, like, you really need to pop over into the radial targeting menu and, like, filter it down. But then that can also be a problem when you want to filter it back to take care of any kind of, like, fighters that are getting in your way on the way to the starship. Um, but still, so far I've played four placement matches and I've won three of the four. So despite the fact that I'm not very good at attacking the flagship, uh, I'm still doing pretty well. And the bomber seems very good for that, too, because, of course, like, you can drop bombs on the support ships and stuff, and that fucks them up real fast. That's a neat idea, though. It's like the mode in um, Battlefield 2142, where you would have these, like, floating sort of armored... Yeah. Kind of like aircraft carrier type things that each team had to destroy, and you would... It's basically the same thing, where you'd move through objectives and push towards the enemy's Titan, and then you could blow them up yeah. or like launch yourself onto it and stuff it was neat yeah like i think that's really the main that is the main multiplayer mode i think that is the thing that they want people to come to the game for is fleet battles uh i do still wish there was greater variety and the different types of like because it's just dogfights and fleet battles that's it i wish there was more there there's not very many maps either um i i've maybe seen four or five maps total i really don't know if there's much more than that yeah both i played were on the same map that happened to me like my first three matches were in the like um trade depot mm, uh, mine was is like a scrapyard type thing yeah so Not i've had fan. i've had that um uh, i the the other one is like the abyss it's it's a level from single player it's basically uh did you ever actually watch Solo or no? No. Okay. It's basically a giant storm in space and you're in the eye of the storm. Oh. The three and there's a bunch of like ship wreckage. And attack you? Sure. You just like chill yeah. Gustus while you smash them? Really easy. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, God, what? Maybe I've only seen three. I think that might actually be it. Yeah, anyway, th there's not a lot of multiplayer content in that game. Um, 
there's some neat cosmetic stuff you can do. It's mostly just stuff that you can dress like your cockpit with. So you I got like a busted up protocol droid head. You get a baby Yoda. Yep. You can get a little hologram of the Death Star. You can get a hologram of Salacious Crumb. <gasps> I didn't see that. That's right. I need to yeah, get it's, that. Uh, it's only for the Alliance. Uh, mm. It's a legendary item as it should be. Wait, why does only the Alliance get a Salacious Crumb? I do not know. That's weird. Uh, the the Imperials get a hologram of like uh, Greedo, like a Onda bounty. Baba. Oh, that's yeah, neat. Which is, which is weird. I don't think they would care about that actually. <laughs> but <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Um that's just kind of neat, but but yeah, like a, you know, your field of vision is very limited in the cockpits like you said. Uh more so for imperial fighters than it is for the alliance, uh I think at least. Um and you know the layout for everything is different, but I still find it very intuitive to kind of tell like where your throttle and everything is, but um I'm having fun with it overall for Game I paid seventeen bucks for. Yeah, I guess better than Crash Four. What? <laughs> That's right. I, I want to talk about Crash Four some more, but I want to wait until you beat that game because okay. I got a lot to say about it, and I feel that conversation would go a lot easier if we're sort of bouncing our opinions off of each all other. Right, for that all game. right, Sonic the movie. Sonic the movie. I also have a lot of opinions on. Now you're all going to have to sit here and listen to it, unless you skip ahead on the podcast or shut it off. I don't know. <laughs> I recommend it. Well, okay. I don't. The Sonic movie, that is. Shutting the podcast off, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, and I never will. You had a free digital code for it, and you asked if I wanted it, and I said, no. You told me to go to hell. And then you logged out of Discord for the rest of the day. That's not true. Um, No. So... I bought this because it was very cheap on Blu-ray, and I have been morbidly curious to see it because a lot of people insist that the Sonic movie is very good, uh, which I kept insisting cannot possibly be the case, and so I needed to see it for myself so I can continue to make that argument with authority. Uh, It's a solid 4 out of 10, that movie. It would have been a 3, but it made me laugh at a joke about Olive Garden at the end, which is too good for the rest of the Sonic movie. Oh, it's uh, at the end. It's at the very end. Uh, they they save the day, and then like a general comes up and is like, "Hey, you know, we we want to give you a little something for keeping this under wraps, and it's a fifty dollar gift card to Olive Garden." Yeah, I knew about that bit. That looks at like... the camera and says, "Have you tried the unlimited spaghetti bowl? <laughs> unlimited yeah. pasta?" That that was basically the only thing I knew about the movie, like yeah. joke wise, and thought, "Yeah, it seems kind of funny," but I knew the rest of it wouldn't live up to that. There is a lot of product placement in the movie that they very deliberately draw attention to in a way that is trying to almost mock the product placement because earlier in that movie... Uh, Little, yellow, different. <laughs> Tom and his wife, whose name I don't remember. Sponsor. Yeah, what? <laughs> Tom and his wife, whose name I can't remember, early on in the movie are discussing going to Olive Garden and Tom just says, because when you're here, you're family. And so like they're they're very much leaning into it. Uh, there's a bit too where she's just like, I was looking for apartments on Zillow, and then the camera just locks in on this laptop opened up to Zillow. <laughs> Picture perfect shot of a Zillow page. Okay, sure. Um, so there's there's stuff like that in it. Uh, there is a good call out to Fast and the Furious where Sonic is driving a car and says, "Oh man, it's just like Fast and the Furious. It's all about family, Tom. About family. Uh, yeah. 
Those were the only good bits in the movie. <laughs> That's it. That's the only stuff that actually kind of made me crack a smile and go like, I'm having an okay time. Tom, uh, though, t- Tom, played by James Marsden from 30 uh-huh. Rock, uh, crisscross yep. in 30 Rock, and uh, he he was in he was in some other movies. Yeah. Before sure. the Marvel movies became a thing. Uh, but yeah. he's a cop. Does does Sonic yeah. does he have a problem with this, or is he okay with Sonic it? Sonic does not. Sonic is a friend to the police. No, oh, no. But it's okay because the cop has wife who's black. That's so what the thin blue it's... line meant with Sonic. Possibly, yeah. He's a small town cop in a town that don't got no crime, and so mostly he's just there to like help cattle give birth and fix people's Christmas lights. I see a Barney uh, He weirdly type. wants to murder raccoons, despite the fact that his wife is a vet. That's okay. a little fucked up. Okay. Yeah, he's got a raccoon problem, and he keeps insisting that he wants to shoot them. Look, so, I, I've had to deal with raccoons, and I can understand yeah. that impulse. Yeah. Uh, this is why he tranquilizes Sonic, in fact, as he picks up his wife's uh, tranquilizer gun that, you know, all vet- veterinarians have yeah, uh, to sure. knock out elephants with um, and goes into the garage to shoot what he thinks is a raccoon. But instead, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's um, when he sees him and does the E.T. scream. And he, yeah, he does the E.T. scream. Um, so, like, the, the, the plot for, for his character is basically like he wants to actually go and deal with real crime. And so he's trying to move to San Francisco. Uh, which is a criminal's paradise. These liberal cities, Larry Davis, they're full of crime. Yeah. He doesn't want to be in the small town anymore, but oops, wouldn't you know he is branded as a terrorist by a one Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Ivo Robotnik. They just call him Robotnik. They don't say Ivo at all in this movie. <sighs> exactly. Um, you so, spent money on this. I spent money on this. Uh, Jim Carrey is actually not the worst part of this movie. That no. is Ben Schwartz. That's really? well, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. It's not Ben Schwartz. It's Sonic. Sonic is written to be the most annoying character I have seen in a movie in a very long time. He will not shut the fuck up. Mm. And so there's many scenes where he will oscillate between being charming and cute and grating within the same shot. And, like, Ben Schwartz's actual, like, line delivery, the, the voice that he does, the performance he gives, is actually very good. He does the best that he can with that material, but it's still, the, like, the material is still not, it's, it's bad. He's basically doing an impression of Jaleel White Sonic, right? No. No? No, he's kind of doing his own, he's kind of doing his own thing. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the voice itself, I think, is actually very good for Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, I, I enjoy his performance. I just, again, it's the writing is not good for Sonic because he's written as being a very annoying character. Okay. Uh, Jim Carrey, though, is doing his damnedest to be the most annoying character in the movie. He just comes up kind of short. Mm. Jim Carrey's just playing Jim Carrey. He's playing the same Jim Carrey character he's played over and over and over again throughout the years. He's not playing Dr. Robotnik. He's playing the um, character from The Truman Show. Sure. He's, no, playing he's not the character. He's playing from the Andy number, Kaufman. Number twenty-three. Yeah, Andy, <laughs> Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Andy Kaufman goes over to a electrical panel that is labeled bad nicks and punches it. Ooh. Um and he splashes one so on Jerry a, Lawler. Yeah, that's right. Um 
there there's like a few good bits with him much like the rest of the movie there's a few good bits here and there uh like he has like a snively character who is called agent stone i thought at some point they would call him snively like as a demeaning name because he's basically filling that role uh, but there is a good bit where he just turns around and punches him in the neck and says, left yourself open and walks away while he just like wheezes and falls over. And I don't know why that's there. That's just a thing that they fucking did. After that, yeah, it's just something Jim Carrey did. Yes, Jim Carrey added that to the role. So like, there's there's a few decent bits like that where maybe he had to write it. Like he thought of something funny to actually put in there. But for the most part, he's just like, uh, you hired me to be Jim Carrey, so I'm going to show up and make a bunch of funny faces and do weird voices. So, you know, it's whatever. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of people show up and say Dr. Robotnik out loud, and that's great. Is it possible that this is not actually Dr. Robotnik and is actually Count Olaf pretending to be Dr. Robotnik? (laughs) It's possibly Count Olaf, but by the end of the movie, the experience transforms him into Dr. Robotnik. Mm, Well, that's still fine. It's like Theseus' ship or whatever. (laughs) Sure. Never invoke Theseus' ship alongside Sonic the Hedgehog. It is not not earned. Um, well, like at a certain so, point, like you become a Robotnik piece by piece. At which point, are you still Count Olaf? Oh God, you live long enough to see yourself become the Robotnik. Um, yeah. So, basically, so the rest of this plot is that uh, Sonic comes from Mobius. It's, it's never been, but it's pretty much Mobius, and he has a power that he has to keep secret, which is going fast. I don't know why he has to keep that secret. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, that's just what he does I'm not Mm. sure why that's made a big deal of In Mobius specifically But he has the power rings And the power rings will let you teleport to different worlds So he's got to get the hell out of Mobius Because he got found out by the Echidnas And he goes (laughs) to Earth Yeah, Uh, he's a baby when all this happens Um, And so then he Lives alone on Earth and he's he's very lonely And he wants to connect with people but he can't Because he was told to keep his powers under under wraps Uh, But one night he causes He's lived much of his life on Earth. Hmm. Uh, like, he, he was like a toddler on Mobius, so he's still able to, like, talk, and he was aware of things going on. Um, but, like, on Earth, he accidentally causes, like, a power outage all along, like, the East Coast. He knocks yes. out the whole seaboard. So, so I saw that in the trailer and thought, think of how many people Sonic killed with that. Like, <laughs> knocking out power to yes. hospitals, uh, planes Planes crashing. dropping out of the yep. sky, yeah. Yep. He, he probably caused like Kobe's helicopter crash if you think about it. <laughs> oh no! Eh, you know, some poor days. <laughs> um, almost as much as poor days of me saying that, like, oh well, Tom's a good cop actually because he, you know, he married a black woman. <laughs> That's yeah, it's a movie. Um, so. Sonic he... engaging in copaganda. Terrible. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Sonic, uh, he knocks out all the power, and then he's like, okay, now I gotta warp to another planet to get out of here because the government's after me, so I'm gonna go to the Mushroom Planet. Uh, I, like it, Basically, I think it's just supposed to be like Mushroom Hill from Sonic and Knuckles, because uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, he, he actually has like this little map that shows like a bunch of worlds that he's been to that are not safe. And the one that I liked is just the Sega Saturn logo at the very top. Um, 
So that bit was good. There's there's another good reference of like there's one guy in the town who swears that Sonic exists and no one believes him, and he just takes a drawing around that he made like a you know to prove like this is what I saw and it's just the Sanic drawing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's, that's funny. It's kind of, it's a cute little thing that they threw in there, and there, there's some good stuff like that. Like uh, there is a um like a road sign d- directing people to like hilltop. So like there's there's a bunch of like little references to the game and stuff that are like cute in in a very similar way to like the references oh. in the Mario Brothers. Oh, movie. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. No, they're to... not. They're not comparable. <laughs> no, the the rest of the movies are not comparable. Mario Brothers movie is very good. Sonic is is not. It's Trust kind of mediocre. The fungus. Yes. Uh. But there there are fun references similar to that where they don't you know fully embrace it but they're still like ah here's a bomb or here's the scenic drawing like here's here's things that you remember from this franchise yeah uh, sure uh but yeah so uh, the two of them team up sonic's power rings got lost in san francisco on the transamerica building and so they got to get up there and get them and then of course dr robotnik wants to study sonic uh, but ultimately, Robotnik gets flung into the mushroom dimension and lost there. And so at the end of the movie, you have Robotnik shaving his head bald, and he's got the mustache, uh-huh. and he's looking more like actual Robotnik. Uh, and there's a really weird bit where he d- does a dead-on impression of Mike Pollock's voice, uh, the current voice actor for Robotnik. It's very bizarre how he's able to make that voice pitch perfect. Uh which then made me notice something else at the very end of the movie. Tails shows up uh, to find Sonic, and Tails is voiced by the same voice actor as in the games. So they obviously had to have like a a known actor to play Sonic. You know, got to put a name on a poster. So Roger Craig Smith gets to eat shit. Yeah, sure. You blame Wreck-It Ralph, else. but you can't blame him in the movie. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which. I would have to assume when they do the sequel, they'll just recast Tails. Probably. Because I think that that's something that they just added way after the fact. I have Tails voiced by Yardley Smith. Why not? Mm. Sure. Of course, you know, they have to get her, like, special scripts so she can read them. Just for weird, like, tiny eyes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like, I I think that what the movie is really lacking is a horrific Sonic model. Cause like, I, yeah, th- there, there was a toot for Mastodon that you linked me ages ago where somebody articulates this way better than I am. Uh, but by removing that hideous model, they have sucked away part of the soul of the movie. Yeah, like exactly. That it, movie would have been, it, it, yeah. it had something going for it. Like they were trying yeah. something and sure. It looked terrible and horrible. Like, Nope. They probably shouldn't yeah. have actually continued with that. Like changing it was probably the right decision, but also I wish they hadn't. I want to see the original I want to see the Snyder cut of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I want to see it as it existed before the studio interfered. I, I uh... want to see that horrible, horrible model. Because obstent it was ostensibly done, is the thing. Like when they went back and they they changed all that. They were changing a not insignificant portion of the movie, uh, according to reports. I thought they really hadn't done that much. From what I understood, most of it was done. 
Um, but then I guess also at some point, like they would basically just be changing the model, and like the animation yeah. rigging would be mostly unchanged. Yeah, I I think that that would be the case. But like none the nonetheless, I I think part of why the internet loves this movie now is not necessarily the quality. So I have a few different theories of why the internet has come around on the Sonic movie. Actually, really just two. One is that the discourse around movies, everyone has potato brains on. Uh Uh, The discourse around movies now is worse than it's ever been. Not that it's necessarily been good pretty much at any point since I've been alive. Uh, But people have been massively dumbed down by modern cinema. Um, Thank you, Marvel. Your movies are fun and very approachable, but also, like, there's everything's just that now. So there's not really any movies hitting theaters that actually challenge people. Uh, And when people are challenged by movies, they don't pay attention and then they blame the movie. It's pretty much all it is. So I think that the Sonic movie maybe like has value to that like potato brain movie. Look also, yes, I like that movie, (laughs) but also yes. Look, I bought Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. It's not like I don't like these movies. I just think that, like, the fact that that's all movies are now is not great. Well, um, it doesn't really matter because there aren't movies at all anymore. No. Sure. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, so I think that maybe the Sonic movie just, like, if this had come out around, say, when Prince of Persia came out, people would rightfully hate it. Uh, I think the fact that it's come out nowadays and everyone has been collectively dumbed down by movies that they look at it and go, like, this is great. Actually, I think part of the problem is the prequel trilogy, because then, like, a lot of these, a lot of the people uh-huh. who love this shit grew up with the prequel trilogies, and so from a very early age, they were like, oh, this is, like, this is a quality movie. It reminded this me of the, Prince of the Prince of Persia movie, which... I think it's great that that movie was so bad and bombed so hard that it made everybody forget about the Prince of Persia game that was like kind of a tie-in to it that was actually really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like completely lost to time, ironically enough. The sands of time yeah. have washed uh uh what was it? The Forgotten Sands actually. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Did not feature oh. the likeness of one Jake the Snake Gyllenhaal, unfortunately, or Alfred Molina. I don't think it even had the same plot. It was just like it came out around the same time. I watched the Prince of Persia movie in theaters, so I does am it, part of the problem. I'm not Alfred, trying to be a elitist about does this. Does Alfred Molina ride an ostrich at one point, like Donkey Kong Country style? That sounds about right to me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Why not? Sure. He didn't, and they wasted some real potential with that thing. Look, I... I'm not trying to be a huge movie snob, but I think that it is just the the case that like movies have dumbed down significantly. And I yeah. think audience expectations have dumbed down as movies have dumbed down. Uh, that that's not to say that like, you know, movies back in the 80s were all that much more smart. Like there there were still a lot of really dumbass pictures coming out. But like nowadays it's it's maybe I think nowadays maybe it's more that everything is so cookie cutter, it's coming off an assembly line with a lot of the Marvel stuff. And everything is trying to emulate that, so everything just ends up having the same feel. Everything has the same humor. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. Also, at the same time, like, I spend time on Twitter where people just, like, spend the same... Like, they spend all day regurgitating this exact same argument over and over, as Mm. if they're, like, the first person to think of it. And, like, instead, everybody should be watching Orson Welles movies and whatever. And it's like... 
There, there's no, like a I'd... middle ground here. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm like I wouldn't go centrist. that. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, it's it's more to me that I guess everything just feels very samey. Uh, it's not even necessarily that I'm like, hey, you need to go sit down and watch like classic cinema only ever. It's all you're allowed now. I think it wouldn't hurt some people, really. But it wouldn't hurt some people. But it's it's more just that like I wish people would would try to do more with movies. I, I wish people didn't get boxed in with just what movies are right now. Um anyway, that's that's one theory that maybe the Sonic movie is more palatable now than it would have been in the past. The other, and I think more likely scenario, is that the internet feels that they scored a victory against Hollywood by getting yep. them to change the model, so therefore it's good. That's what and I think. They tend to forget in that line of argument, or perhaps they don't care. So this resulted in a studio being put under crunch to change the model, and then that studio got shut the fuck down. Yep. So that is the price that had to get paid for your precious Sonic movie to look more cute than horrifying. And now you're all patting yourselves on the back over it, and I think that's gross. Also... As gross as Daniel Craig's forehead. It's not like that studio would have gotten royalties from the movie or anything. It doesn't no. matter, they were just hired to, It's like when people say, like, you gotta buy the game to support the devs That worked overtime The developers aren't getting anything from it No uh, No, and that studio got shut down before the movie came out yeah. So they definitely are not getting anything yeah. uh, and, But yes, I, like, I think, really, if you want to trace it back This all goes back to Mass Effect 3 And people, <laughs> like, having a huge fit yeah. over the ending of that To the point where they got Bioware to change it Kind of, a little bit yeah. And then from there it has just been escalating to yes, Sonic and then Snyder Cut and all of this stuff. Yeah. And that's you know, then again you got the Snyder Cut people who insist that there is a completed picture there when there's really not. And oh. so there's a deleted scenes for the Sonic movie where it's still like it's a very incomplete model. These are CG animatics that they have going on for these scenes. It looks, you know, nothing's textured, the models are barely animating. Oh, a pre alpha. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um and and that is basically what the Snyder cut was is I that cut of the movie probably looks like that. And I do wonder now having seen those deleted scenes how much of the model they had to replace was just like at that level of incompleteness versus totally done. So again what I, I had read was that most of the movie was finished. So I don't know if those deleted scenes were cut fairly early in production or or what the deal with that is. But. With the Snyder Cut, I don't think any of it was done like post-production-wise. No. I mean, if it's done, they, you know, of course you got to spend another like eight months on it. Yeah, another two hundred million or whatever. Yeah, it's totally done, guys. I mean, we're adding scenes and reshooting stuff. Because it's so done Also we're putting it in 4.3 and in black and white For artistic reasons Not to hide that nothing is finished It looks like garbage See that's the thing though Like that's also kind of why I bring up The like movies have Just gotten worse is then I've seen A lot of people look at stuff like that and go like oh, It looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, they're trying to make it look like the lighthouse, but that's still a cyborg looking out a window <laughs> contemplatively. It looks fucking dumb, dude. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, get an A-B between the lighthouse and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League <laughs> and see how they compare. Yeah, like, 
God, the model for Steppenwolf 2 just looks like it was rendered in 2000. God, it looks so bad. Steppenwolf 2, oh, the looks new terrible. Batch. Yeah. Oh, no, then I'd be into it. Look, see, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a snob with movies. I like Gremlins 2, the new batch, a whole lot. The Absolutely. Mario Brothers movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm huh? just saying movies can be different than what they are now. That's my point, really, is they're all just, they're exactly the same. And the Sonic movie has a lot of that shit in it. Of that kind of humor. Anyway, what's your rating for the Sonic movie? I already told you, it's a 4 out of 10. Oh, right. The Olive Garden joke was good. That that was the one thing that brought it up from a 3. I I do think it's funny, though, that despite this, the consensus on the Mario Brothers movie is still that it is not good. But the consensus on on the Sonic movie is that it is good. The inverse is, in fact, the case. The Mario Brothers movie, that is great. I we did a like... podcast on that that people should listen to. The Sonic movie is mediocre to outright bad. I feel like Mario discourse is starting to turn towards our side. It is, but not fast enough. No. It is it's still not where it should be. Uh, there are still a lot of people who will write that movie off having never seen it because they were told it was bad. Yeah, or because and I feel Bob like Hoskins a lot of those had same a bad time like filming it as if yeah. that matters. Like nobody yeah. who made a Stanley Kubrick movie had a good time during the filming. You know who has a good time filming movies? Adam Sandler. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh no, they Halloween were drunk on the set good. of the movie? That would never happen on a set. <laughs> no. Actors wouldn't use drugs while filming. It's unheard of. Have you heard the stories about Jim Carrey actually uh, on the set of The Grinch? Uh, no, but uh, I can't imagine he had a good time with that. No, he was very mad at having to like put on all the makeup and the suit and everything. And so there were times he would just disappear from the set and come back with the Grinch suit completely ruined and they would have to like make a new one. <laughs> like I don't know what he was doing in the Grinch suit, but I liked how... Like I like to think that he was just like out like rolling around in garbage or something <laughs> or like putting his fingers in a paper shredder while wearing the Grinch suit. Pulls off the side of the road and just runs through the woods. Yeah. Like or yes, or he just sort of wraps it around a brick and like ties it to the back of the car and drags it around in a parking lot for a while. Oh man. It's one story that actually endears me to him a little bit. <laughs> Uh, the dude really. is responsible for the for the the. Here we go. He's responsible for anti-vaxxers gaining popularity, and he made the number twenty-three. He, unforgivable, both of those things. He that made... motherfucker was in the majestic. I was gonna say I'm more mad about him making the majestic. Oh God, and yes, the Grinch was also very much not a good movie. At least he hated doing it. Also, that one I blame Ron Howard for. I blame Ron Howard for a lot of things. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah Jim Carrey. That was like peak Jim Carrey, and so of course they hired yeah. him uh, to do that. And so of course he was going to do his Jim Carrey thing. It doesn't really work all the time. Sometimes kind of does, but the problems with the Grinch movie is um, the characters. They all look hideous. <laughs> sure, uh, the yeah. script is terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything about the set design is. Just bad to look at, one could say. Uh, the camera movements are nauseating. It is loud. It is abhorrent. It is one of the most unpleasant experiences you can have watching a movie. 
Yeah. There is a, there's one other little scene from the Sonic movie that I, I want to bring up to you because I think it about sums up our relationship between me liking Sonic and all your thoughts on Sonic, which is that they have to tie up Tom's wife's sister because she wants to go to the police because Tom is being labeled a terrorist and is yeah. in her house. Uh, and so she's tied to her chair while her kid is running circles around it, screaming, gotta go fast, gotta go fast, gotta go fast, over and over again, and she looks like she's just praying for death. I don't know, it kind of reminded me of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, who, who is the the wife's sister? Let me guess, is it Oh, Judy you're tied Greer? to the... Oh, uh... Oh, God, I don't know. I'm not sure. There was a lot of actors in this that I just did not recognize. That sounds like a Judy Greer role, is why I say that. Yeah. There is um there there is a guy at one point in this movie who vaguely looks like Jim Belushi. And so Ooh. I had a moment where I was like, oh man, if Jim Belushi just had a cameo in this movie, that that then it would be a five. <laughs> then you could imagine he's like the Mitchum brother from Twin Peaks season yes. three. Yeah, he's laying low. Uh, there is a so there is a bit where Sonic watches uh, through a window. Tom and his wife watching Speed, and they cut to the bit of a uh, they they have Dennis Hopper on there. So Dennis Hopper exists as Dennis Hopper in the Sonic movie universe, which means the Mario Brothers movie exists in the Sonic movie universe. Uh-huh. It's all connected. Uh, but also, there's like at the start of this thing that there is a. Uh, Kind of like how Marvel movies start up with like all the pages flipping. There's a thing like that for Sega games, which seems to imply that Sega wants to make more Sega Universe movies. And I'm not even sure what those would look. What if they made a Shinmu movie? It exists. It's called Shinmu. What What if they made a movie about Golden Axe? Would be pretty good. What if, What about a Puyo Pop movie? <gasps> <gasps> I mean, it'd probably be kind of like the Emoji movie Oh yeah, probably uh, I don't know uh, The Sonic movie, I don't really recommend it uh, I got what I wanted out of it Which was just being able to actually say I've seen the Sonic movie And yes, it's it's bad It's maybe not as bad as I thought it was going to be But it's still, you know, not great What if um, they made a Puyo Puyo Tetris movie About Dr. Dog, uh, the Dog Doctor And the uh, Kicking Fish Well then you'd uh, have the second good video game movie Yeah uh, right, right alongside Mario Brothers Which well, is of course the first one uh, And only Mortal one Kombat's currently. pretty good uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat's fine. The first one, at least. Yeah, which uh, one? And we never mentioned the 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 DLC for Mortal Kombat. Let's put the movie people yeah. in the game. That's cool. They let you pay yeah. five dollars to remove Ronda Rousey from the game. <laughs> it's worth it for yes. that alone. Absolutely. Uh, actually, also since it's great because that actress was also Veronica Vaughn in Billy Madison. And so you can just put her there and yeah. think like, oh, Veronica Vaughn, <laughs> want to touch the hiney. There's, I would also say, I enjoyed the Silent Hill movie for what it was back in the day before I had any concept of what Silent Hill was. So I would say that that one is maybe kind of like teetering on that line between good and, uh... yeah, that's basically it, though. I, I, I think it's I just saw the Silent Hill movie. It's it's OK. It's fine. It's the one Sean Bean movie where he doesn't die. Right, we've talked about uh, that. Yeah, we we have. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sonic movies, 
the Sonic movie. Great. I Next subject, again, Retro Corner. Again, I want to emphasize one more time, though, because I, I regret... <sighs> I regret the argument I make because it makes me sound like a snob. I would like to point to earlier in this podcast where I said of you to a kill is good. <laughs> so I am also trash. Retro corner. Retro corner. Uh, remember when we talked about Mega Man no. X's one three? Yes. Oh, okay. I played Mega Man X's uh, four, five, and six. All right, great. So, Here we go. This won't take long at all. Mega Man X4 is very, very good. Yeah, it's anime. Yeah. They took God Mega damn, Man it's... and said, let's make an anime. They put more anime. It is basic. So it is firing on like all cylinders the same way that Mega Man X2 is. Uh huh. Like it's, it's really good. Like it's got a lot of energy behind it. There's more anime in it. So it's completely fucking ridiculous. Like it, the gameplay feels terrific. Like the transition over to the PlayStation was for the better. Uh, I like Mega Man X4 a whole hell of a lot. It's a very good game. I don't like Mega Man X5. Okay, what about 6? Also don't like Mega Man X6. What? I think X5 and X6... X5, I think, is where that series, like, took a really sharp nosedive. Um, X5 has some of the worst pacing I think I've ever experienced in a platformer. Uh, specifically a 2D platformer. I think there's plenty of, like, 3D ones that that were spacing. You don't but, like, like all the pop-ups of, like, people on the radio, like, telling you how to jump or whatever? Mega Man, Mega Man, there's, uh, fire is going to come behind you in this volcano. You want to hide inside these holes in the ground so you don't get hit by the fire. Like, think, I've played a video game before. Like, the, so much of the tutorials in that game is just things that, like, if you looked at it with your eyeballs, you would immediately figure out what to do or what the gimmick is. Yeah. Like, it actually is very intuitive level design, especially for a Mega Man game. That's maybe X-Fi's greatest strength, and then they piss all over it by tutorializing you constantly in the middle of levels. Every few feet, another tutorial. Every time you encounter a new enemy. Another tutorial. It's nonstop. Hate it. Uh, I hate even more than that. I will. I hate, too, how the ending of the game is dependent on luck. In most of the Mega Man games, like, if you wanted to go for 100% completion, it's pretty straightforward how to do that. You know, you get all the hard tanks, you get all the E-tanks, you find the, the armor pieces... And this, you can do all that, and you can still get the bad ending because it just boils down to whether or not the like rocket you sent up to blow up the space colony actually collides with it, or how much damage it actually does. And so you affect that uh, by completing as many levels as you can to basically build up the parts of the rocket, and then later build up the parts of the ship that Zero flies in for a suicide mission, assuming the first one fails. And you can build that success percentage up very high. And still have that mission get completely botched. Uh, which I believe is the case for me. I think I got like towards the bad end of the spectrum for the endings. Because in mine, Zero dies. Okay. I mean, so, the, the Mega Man characters, they die all the time. They just come sure, back. Zero is, Zero is literally back in the next game. So yeah. it really doesn't matter, actually. But I... I don't, for, for someone who's built a lot of this list off of if there is a best ending, I need to try to go for the best ending. That's your own fault. Uh, th- th- this is a game where I, 
I've heavily over time, like more and more reconsidered that policy as I've played some games where trying to do that is absolute garbage and would otherwise make me hate a game that I like. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man X5 doesn't even, like, I don't know where that falls on that spectrum because it's just luck. Like, I, I can't try to go for the good ending in that thing because I will just not get it and then have to completely play the game over again if I want uh, to attempt it. So does it, like, seed it at the beginning? Or can you I, just save state and do it over and over until it succeeds? I don't know. Um, I didn't try to save state and retry it. And well, admittedly, I should. What are you complaining have. about? You're like, well, duh, I might have to keep playing it over and over. <laughs> you, that's like the one thing you should try. Because if you played that game back in the day on an actual PlayStation, well, then so that's what? sort of. You're not. So I would. I would really like to find out how the game operates when it comes to that. Like, if somebody has broken down the code to figure out, like, here is how it handles what ending it generates. If it does seed it at the beginning, or it seeds a probability at the beginning that then is influenced by that climbing percentage. So that's how I think it probably operates, is that it's putting in some sort of variable that influences that percentage. And so you can sort of you know, push more in one direction or the other, but that variable is still there. I would assume that's the way it's operating. I'll tell you how it operated for me uh, when I played it back in the day. Uh, I I played it, and whatever happened, happened. I did not care. If zero, so that's I was what I basically, up... I was Ivan Drago. If Zero dies, yeah. he dies. Yes. So that is the way that I ultimately handled it, because I understood going in that it was luck-based, and so I was not going to concern myself with trying to get that best ending, because I didn't want to either replay the game or reload a save a bunch of times. Um, My dumb brain didn't consider save states. My dumb brain considered reloading the save on the memory card. Um, Mm. But ultimately, I didn't do that. I I made peace with the fact that if I'm trying to enjoy these games the way that I would have enjoyed them back in the day, then back in the day, I would have looked at that and said, I get what I get. And so I got what I got, but like I get what you give. I, yeah, but I still think that Mega Man X Five is just the, the gameplay is good. It's again the the tutorializing, like that's the main thing that's holding back my enjoyment of it. But it's got like, the I think Guns N' Roses character names. It does it's got Duff McWhalen? That's right. Then they took all those out for the uh, collection. Wait, really? Yep. He's not Duff McWhalen in the collection. What? Okay. Yeah. That's sucks. They removed all the... Yeah. So, it'd be good that they divided <sighs> it into two halves so I can, like, intentionally not give them money for the three X games on the PlayStation that I think are mostly not good and also changed the names. I wonder why they, uh, what they changed them to, actually. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, they... I'm positive that they changed them for that collection. So are you going to end up um, playing 7 and 8? No. I already okay. know that those are not worth the time. Oh. Um, X6, I, I think, is better than X5, but I still think it is kind of mediocre. Uh, so you've played X6. Yeah. Right? Yep. Was it always like the... Was the dub always in Japanese on that game? Or did I download something weird? I don't know. It might have so, been. Of course, so there's there's voice acting in, in 4 and 5. Uh, because hey, you got the power of the PlayStation. It's all on the desk. You could put Red Book Audio on there. So they, again, hired the same people that they got for Mega Man 8 
it's just that same actress playing Mega Man X, uh, and it sounds even more ridiculous because Mega Man X is a grown ass Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, Doctor Doctor Light is not in the game talking about evil energy, which is very upsetting to me that they got everybody <laughs> but him. Um, uh, yeah, it was only in Japanese. Okay. The game was not so, yeah, dubbed yeah. in any language other than the original Japanese, and North American and European versions retained the Japanese voice tracks using translated English okay. subtitles. So I guess that they, at that point, wised up and realized that maybe these dubs are not good and are a waste of time and money. Uh, so instead, they used a very bad translation on the text, because there's just a lot of sentences in this thing that read like they came out of Final Fantasy VII. Sentence fragment. Yes. <laughs> um, there, there are bits where they use the wrong tense of word. Uh, there's just a lot of, like, this seems like a very literal translation of, of what they had. Uh, and so it does not, you know, flow smoothly in English. Um, cutscenes are also very long in that game, and there is too many of them. Oh, uh, but you are not tutorialized constantly. They took all of it out. You need to play uh, Mega Man X7? Do I need to? If you think the cutscenes in 6 are long, the opening of 7 mm-hmm. is so bad. And also the voice acting in it is so bad and everything about at least look it up on YouTube. Because Mega Man, Man. X Mega Man X uh infiltrates underwater while his CEO tells him about <laughs> all the terrorists that have taken over Shadow Moses Island. Giant and Shaman. Yeah. <laughs> Tough McWhalen, Giant and Shaman. Uh-huh. Uh it might be eight. Yeah, like, it might be eight that I'm thinking of. It's the one with the, I might the, have to take the one redhead. Of those. Red, red helmet guy it was like supposed yeah. to be like he has, he has a gun he has two guns I think Mega Man X6 though um, so this one like I said Zero dies in the, in the previous game this one starts out with there's the Zero virus but they're calling it the Zero Nightmare and so you have to go to these different levels and confront the nightmares of uh, Mavericks who are now like they died and now they're brought back to life by uh, a villain named Gate, who I guess can just resurrect robots, uh, which yeah, sure. is a taboo thing in the in the Mega Man universe. And and anyway, he's downloaded some of like uh, he's downloaded some of Zero's DNA, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be the word should be code, but they use DNA in place of it all the time, and so it sounds very awkward. Uh, but point is. They set this thing up with you seeing, like, Ghosts of Zero, and then I guess I went down the right path in the second level, and I ended up unlocking Zero pretty much immediately. Right. So that plot stopped kind of being a thing very fast into the game. Uh, yeah. But then also, like... Well, also, I some of the... it is Mega Man X8 that I was thinking of, and I have just sent you a picture of one of the robot masters from Mega Man X8, and maybe I was wrong, maybe it was actually a good game. This guy's named Bamboo Pandemonium. That's right, he's a panda. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. But yeah, it's X8 and it's awful. Yeah. I uh the the level structure in X6, um you know, in, in these previous X games you pick up your different armor pieces and stuff and, and they kind of influence so in the uh, SNES series, you just the armor added on top of the X armor, and so you ended up getting stuff like double jumps and stuff like that. In the PlayStation games, you are building new armor sets that you can then swap out. 
yeah, and they will change like, the way that the characters play. Get like that steel armor in five, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem, so they then have to like balance the level layouts so you can get through them with each different armor type. They need to account for the way that the armors play. I found that in X6, at least in like the final area, there's a jump that you can't make in the black armor. Like, right. maybe you can if you're some sort of weirdo who is just, you can pixel perfect to get that jump right, but it's basically a pit uh, with two platforms on on either end of it, of course, and then you have, like, a column that is going down the middle that comes to about halfway between the platforms. So what you need to do in the regular suit is you slide down one platform, and then you dash across, and then you wall jump up the connecting platform. With can't, the black armor, you can't dash. Can't just call the rush jet? There's no rush yet in the game. At what? least I didn't unlock anything like that. I think um, you missed it. I might have missed some stuff, I actually. But I could not make that jump with what I had. And I I don't know if I'm missing it in the menu somewhere, but as far as I know, there's no way to back out to the level select menu. You have to quit the game and then load your save back up to get to the level sem- select hold, menu. Uh, hold I the kept... shoulder buttons and start and select. To get to the level select and I'll just reset the console? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm I, just spitballing. The only... I'm just, it's okay. just jazz over here, baby. I don't know. I'm freestyling. You're Avery Brooks? Yeah, that's right. right. I used to <laughs> just glide through these Mega Man levels. Oh, okay. That's how I make the jump. I just need to glide over the yeah. pit. Oh, thanks, Avery Brooks. Uh yeah, like I, I, I might have been missing an armor part or, or some kind of item that allowed me to do that, to be fair. Uh, but I just know that my experience is I went through a very long level, got to that jump, couldn't make it, couldn't figure out how to back out to the level select, reset the console, and had to do everything over again, which sucked. Um, I had kind of similar problems with like base zero, where I just felt like certain points of this game are very much designed around X and his playstyle and not zero at all. Uh, like jumps just became very awkward in a way that didn't seem like, oh, this is naturally more challenging because I'm playing as like the harder character and more like they didn't think about how this character played when they designed this. Um, so I just think that like the level design is just not as good as it is in previous X games. Uh, just seems a bit more ill-conceived. Uh, the powers are also very imbalanced. You get one that's just like a bunch of dragonflies that spin around you. And they will kill, like, anything very quickly. So I, at some point, realized you just mash that all the time and don't switch to anything else ever. Cool. Yeah, your energy also completely refills uh, on death. So there's no consequence to overusing the energy on your weapons. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I just, you know, use that, and the rest of the game was a breeze. In fact, this is maybe one of the easiest Mega Man X games in general. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's still like some high points in the game where the platforming does feel very good. Uh, the powers are all very unique, even if I mostly just leaned on one of them. Uh, there's still a lot. So part of what makes it easy, too, is you rescue these reploids that are placed throughout the level, except like instead of being these hidden guys that you need to go out of your way for, they are just littered all over the place. And any time you rescue one of them, they fill up a bunch of your health. Yeah, so go up you're to never and go. Follow me. <laughs> Alias. Alia. <laughs> then you punch him. <laughs> and... 
but then sometimes they punch you back and you go <sighs> Adam. Yeah. Um I rewatched that two hour Lauren Lanning thing the other day. <laughs> of course you did. And God, I, I really like him doing the voice of the slugs. Yeah. It's really good. Get him. Um Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, like constantly so at a certain point too, I found that like damage just doesn't matter in Mega Man X six. Like you can just take hits all the time because like as long as you're running into these dudes and there's plenty of them you're regaining your health constantly yeah. and so i never had an issue where i game over it out of the level like i always beat the level in my first try because health was constantly being thrown at me good times. So i don't know like it, the difficulty balancing in that game is bizarre the level design in that game is not quite there uh the music's really good the level aesthetics are really good. There are things that I like about Mega Man X, but I think overall it's a pretty weak Mega Man X game. I just thought about uh, X like saving a Reploid, and then he like pulls out a bag and shakes it, and a big H comes out, and X collects it. Goes every machine gun. <laughs> I mean those those uh, those POWs they do a Hadoken sometime. Yeah, Mega Man can do a Hadoken. Well, I'm glad that Mega Man X is behind me. Six of these games was too much. I It peaked at four, and then it mm. sharply declined with five and six. Uh, uh, okay, you say two so. Two is very good. One is good. Three is okay. Mm. I think overall I'm coming out the other end of this thing kind of half and half on Mega Man X. Well, do you agree with me, though, that five and six are not that bad? Like People always say like they're like garbage, and like no, they're not as good, obviously, but... I wouldn't They're say that 6 fine. is necessarily garbage. I don't like 6, but I'm not offended by 6. You know? Yeah. I mean, these are also, I think, the it's... same people who will try to say that Mega Man X8 like, is actually good and like brought it back, and no, it did not. No. No, it's not a very good game. Um, you don't know Mega you haven't Man played X... it? I played 8. No, you haven't? You... I was just talking to you about it. What, Mega Man 8? Or X8. X8. Okay, your mic might, might have dropped because I just heard 8. No, I said 8, but we're talking about the okay. X series, so of course Wait, when so I'm saying people... 5 and 6 and then 8, you should know I mean X8. When uh, people think that X8 is good, though? Really? Yes, some do. What? Yeah. Well, see, that's part of why I was confused, too, because I know people make the argument that Mega Man 8 is good, and I also do not think that's the case. What? Okay, I do. Hmm... Up, up, down, down, slide, slide. No, that part's or no, not that slide, hard, slide, right? jump, jump. Uh, I hate that, that part's part. Not that so bad. fucking much. It's also it's the guy. He says like, "I will bait you. I will make a popsicle out of you." Which one? I the best. fucking murdered him. <laughs> I shot him in the face repeatedly. He didn't even get a hit on me. He's weak. I'm strong. Congratulations. This is. Look, we did a stream where I played it. Larry was very offended by the way that I was treating the Iceman. <laughs> I treated him with the amount of respect that he earned, which is none. He's a nice guy. He was just hanging out. Yeah, now he's hanging out in a grave. That's where I put him. I put him there again if I had the chance. What, uh, what would you guess the game rankings percentage for Mega Man X8 is? Uh, out of what? 
I just said a percentage. What's their scale? So it is out of a hundred. We talking? We talking like a hundred twenty, hundred fifty? Uh, no, it's not a Lou Ferrigno. This is a standard scale of percentage out of one hundred. Okay. So they're they're not using our rating system for this. No. They're using one of those old style, ineffective, in inefficient <laughs> rating systems. Um, yeah. I'd say like probably seventy three. Way closer than I thought. But what if I told oh. you? That the percentage is very nice. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Maybe I have to play X8. 69%. <laughs> See, for our scale, it'd be like 420% because there's, you know, it goes up and up and up. For comparison, the game rankings for uh, Mega Man X7 is 59.43%. Mm. So well, I mean that's clearly that's, the worst game. Yeah, it's just pure garbage at that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody should uh, but play that. no, you you asked me that question. I I gave you the answer for six, but I think the answer again with five is that if you stripped out those tutorials, I think five is a very good game. Like its main issue is that it starts and stops constantly. Yeah, I can get that. It personally doesn't really bother me. It you need to play it again. Because it is, Maybe. when I say constantly, I'm not being hyperbolic. It is, I think you, you go from be. one screen to the next, you're getting another tutorial. I am really not. Okay. It is super, super aggressive with it. I think you should sit down and just like play a couple levels of that game nope. and get a sense for that again, because it is it is rough the amount of times that they are interrupting the gameplay. Okay. Yeah. Not a fan. Weakest out of the six, for for that reason alone. And that's maybe what makes me all the more angry about it. So, yeah, uh, ratings. Um, I think it's fair that we do percentages for these since we bring up a percentage scale for X's uh, seven and eight, and so kind of using those as sort of a basis for what well, to rate. Hold on a second. Do you mean eight or do you mean X eight? Uh either or. <laughs> it it, okay. it doesn't matter. They're they're virtually the same thing. Ugh. You know, you got a Mega Man. You got a number eight. They're both solid sixty nines. Um, I would give Mega Man X4 420%. Since I said that's a possibility on our percentage band's ranking system, uh, it's a really good game to chill out with. Uh, I, I enjoy it a whole lot. Uh, X5, I would say, is uh, like a 10%, maybe 12%, actually. It's not, it's so bad. And then like X6, I would say that is probably like a 69%. It's pretty nice. So Okay. Yeah. Great. Or 20, 10, 69 is our is my rankings for these for these games. I feel like that's very low for five considering it only had like the start stop issue. I'm sorry, I meant a negative ten. Oh, because the scale can also go below zero, so that is also possible. I issuing a correction on that. Punch the desk. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's very bad. Well, it's worse it than the X series. I haven't played seven or eight, but you know it's worse than those. I'm gonna kill you <laughs> at some point. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Goodbye, dinosaurs. That's a line from a very good video game movie. Watch that instead of the Sonic movie.